In our first lesson for today from the prophet Micah, we see this beautiful prophecy. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and peoples shall flow to it. Many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. Not only shall the peoples of the world come unto the Lord's house, but the world shall be at peace. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. I know this is a hard prophecy to even imagine in our current world context. Then in our lesson, we skip to the means of this prophecy being fulfilled. So we have this gorgeous prophecy of ultimate peace on earth. And then we skip to the end and we see the means of this. How is this going to happen? But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. This prophecy regarding the coming one, of course, came true in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago. The previously quoted prophecy regarding the peoples of the world coming to the Lord's house is coming true now, even as I speak. Again, it doesn't look like it, uh, particularly from Northern California or America. Christ's work is to redeem Yes, to redeem our souls. But lest we stop there as the Protestant world tends to, it is also about redeeming our bodies. Indeed, he is about remaking his entire creation. The whole world is to be redeemed and remade, made new, to bring creation back to what it was intended to be. This job Christ has already accomplished as far as overcoming the world, death, and Satan. But he is now accomplishing the spread of his kingdom through his servants. Yes, that means you, and that means me. Isaiah's prophecy, which is our epistle lesson today, is also about the coming Messiah and about his mission, his Reason for coming. I quoted this passage on the third Sunday of Advent just this last month. It is a beautiful picture of what the Messiah has come to accomplish. It is an amazing picture when brought into the reality of Jesus the man who was given the scroll of Isaiah to read at church one Sabbath in his hometown of Nazareth. And he reads our epistle lesson for today. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to, be, to, excuse me, to heal 
the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You see, with the incarnation, the events to which all history has been pointing were set in motion. In Bethlehem, the house of bread, in a manger, because there was no room at the inn, a young woman, very young, gave birth to a child in the middle of nowhere, in very humble means and surroundings. And that set in motion the events to which all of history has been pointing, both before that and now as we move 2,000 years after that event, we point back to that event. <clears throat> As I mentioned on Advent 3, the king was now present. And he was establishing his kingdom from the beginning. The prophecy from Isaiah was about Jesus, the incarnate one who was the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, the one who came to recreate his world. The Spirit of God himself, Yahweh's Spirit, was to be upon the Messiah. In Isaiah's original announcement of the servant of his prophecy, it was stated that God had put his Spirit upon him. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect one in whom I sold delight. I have put my Spirit upon him who will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. Says one commentator, the sanctification of our Lord's human nature by the Holy Spirit is very explicitly taught in the Gospels. From Matthew's Gospel, Joseph, son of David, said the angel, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And from Luke's, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, said the angel, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. And from John's gospel, and John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. This anointing was for the Messiah to preach the gospel to the poor. Isaiah comments earlier how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation. The Spirit has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, read Jesus in synagogue. This is, according to Psalm 147, the job of Jehovah himself. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He was also sent, Jesus read, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. This was one of the special offices of Isaiah's servant, as we see in Isaiah chapter 42, where Yahweh sends 
the servant, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. Indeed, Christ has brought us out of imprisonment to sin into the glorious liberty and truth of the gospel, which we can see only because Christ has opened our eyes. The acceptable year of the Lord, which the Messiah was to proclaim, and Jesus did proclaim, is a space of time, says our commentator, during which God would be pleased to accept such as repented and turned to him. It is, of course, not intended to limit the space to a year. The space is rather the term of our sojourn here below. Though Jesus quotes only to this point, his listeners in the synagogue would be very familiar with the rest of the passage that comprises our epistle lesson. Jesus also came to comfort all those who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion. Those who mourn their sins, negligences, and ignorances. Or as St. Paul puts it in his second letter to the Corinthians, those who sorrowed in a godly manner need the comfort of absolution, forgiveness of their sins, so that they can move forward in serving their God. The Messiah is sent to give godly mourners beauty for ashes, literally a crown of glory in lieu of the ashes of repentance, which it was customary to sprinkle upon the head, and the oil of joy for mourning, that is the anointing of the Holy Spirit in lieu of the flood of tears shed by mourners, and finally the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, or a glad heart desiring to praise God in place of a heavy heart inclined to despair. Why has the Spirit sent the Messiah to accomplish these things? So that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. We are to be strong and sturdy plants in God's garden, planted by him so that he might be glorified through us, through our righteousness, which indeed gives God great glory. We don't produce our own righteousness, in case any of us are confused, but rather the Spirit in us produces righteousness in us, We are justified in Christ Jesus. We are declared righteous because of our participation in Christ. Because we are a part of Christ who was both righteous and vindicated in his resurrection as the true Messiah and King of the world. He is the one who makes us righteous through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. This righteousness that we have by God's grace is to be used for good works, for serving our God and our neighbors. And this service should look quite like what the Messiah came to accomplish, to preach the gospel with our lives, to seek to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the freedom of life in Christ, to proclaim the kingdom of Christ and its benefits so that all may come and worship God 
on His holy Mount Zion. May it be so for us. Amen.